Put your hands together. 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 We got up. really awesome comics in back. We got Ryan. We got Hannah, our producers. We, so let's we just Cody. keep it. Yes, we got Cody taking <laughs> photos. Let's just like keep it going one more time for all these wonderful people that aren't us. Such great people who oh, are Oh, no. Us. Your flash was on accidentally. <laughs> you got so horrified. I'm sorry that happened to you. <laughs> that was tough. I saw it. You know, the moment when you realized. <laughs> Uh, so what happened was I left my house for one day in the month of January. Yeah. <laughs> because I was very, you, you I had was, the flu. I was very sick. I was, I got sick on December 30th and then I was at home for like two and a half to three weeks. I came here and did one show, uh, after I was like, I'm back baby. <laughs> yes. And then I flew to Oklahoma where I had a show. Yes. And then I did the show that went Great, obviously. She's very I'm talented. Funny stand-up comedian. Actually, Many people I like her. It was really fun because it used to be you're in college, right? I'm and not in college. You're not <laughs> I mean not anymore. I was at one time. When one is in college. Wait, one is in college? This is this is a terrible bit that you're doing. <laughs> I don't know. I like it a Where lot. Where you don't understand me because I feel like you're the only piece of person that understands me in the world. Oh. So what a sad bit this is. Oh, no. Sad bit. A sad bit that just happens for the rest of the night where you don't understand I wear a fit bit and I wear a sad bit. And my sad bit is going off a lot more these days. It buzzes when I'm sad. You get it's basically in all just your buzzing today? all the time. Yeah. Yep. 10,000 sads a day. <laughs> just a random number set by the Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Which is just, do you know that's the 10,000 steps? Do you know that? Because if you've heard, like, it's like 10,000 steps a day, that's how much you're supposed to get. And really what happened is that somebody, I don't know who this person was, no, you don't went know. to Japan and was like, you guys live a long time. What are you doing? How, how often do you think you're walking around? What, what are you doing in terms of steps? And then people just went like, I think we're doing like 10,000 steps. That's literally what happened. And then in the United States, we were like, that's what it is. <laughs> what if it was like an accidental messed up uh, translation and what was actually happening was that they were speaking to people who were listening to Alanis Morissette and they were like, 10,000 spoons and all you need is a knife? And they were like, 10,000 steps? That sounds good. Let's put it in a watch. Rhea, I, I know why you're thinking about this. I know why you're thinking about this. I know why I'm thinking about this. Because last night, I was, well... Ugh, this, <laughs> the story is all backwards, but I've been stuck at home. We'll and get I, there. We I always Rhea, do. I made Rhea watch Lord of the Rings. She's furious. Made she me. hates it. I don't understand. I've never read them. Are they all described as white? It's she all white people. Keeps making comments about how everybody's white. How These are the right comments to make. Books they, only about white people. About all fantasy, and there's not a single person of color in the whole thing. Come on. But. 
But she did also ask me if it took place in England. <laughs> Which was a joke. It was not a joke. I saw your eyes. It was a joke. That was not a joke. It was a joke. I don't believe you that that was a joke. Well, you cannot believe me, but it was a joke. You were I so, was making you were so fun mad of the when fact you said that it. people just think British accent equals fantasy. Well, that's a great point. Thank you. <laughs> So we were watching Lord of the Rings. I just wanted to put on something that I knew would last a long time. <laughs> and that turned out to be Lord of the Rings. So yeah. we were watching Lord of the Rings. We were in hour 18. There, I literally did turn to Rhea. Rhea was like falling in and out, like slipping in and out of consciousness. She was so bored. And then she looked at me and she goes, oh my God, are they outnumbered? <laughs> and I go, it's 10,000 orcs. And Rhea goes, when all you need is a knife. She wasn't. I was, she literally wasn't I was right even fully there. She wasn't <laughs> even fully conscious. Camera just, was like, just, it's like 10,000 orcs. When all you need is a knife. And just Boom. Back to bed. Like, back, back to, to bed. <laughs> so that was incredible. Um, you know, and one of those moments where I clutched my ring, the two rings, I, and I just went, uh-huh. yes! You yeah, know, just happy right. to have married you. Uh-huh. Uh, to have locked those kind of jokes into my life. Um, <laughs> it was hilarious. I thought it was very funny. Uh, Thank you. So that's why I referenced oh. it again, so that we could bring up that story. When I was in Oklahoma, yes. I, so I was in Oklahoma. Oh, what I was going to say is, right after college, I found it actually to be difficult to go... In my 20s, it was difficult to go to colleges and do stand-up uh-huh. because you think you're the same age as the students. And so you start talking to them about what you think is relatable material. And you're, but you forget that these are like people who've never touched their own bodies. Like, it's like... <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like 18 is fucking young, man. Sure. 18 is young. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. I liked it. So when you're when you're 36 and you go to colleges, they oh, just yeah. go. They just look at you like they're like you're their very cool adopted mom. <laughs> totally. Like they were all just like like literally just like clapping for me. <laughs> I, I said you know some things about like gender and race that were really expansive. That went over well. You know <laughs> they were all just like yeah. So we've been protesting about. It was fun. Sure. It was nice. It was a good time. Um, then the next day I was packing to come home and I was just standing in my hotel room and I reached for my phone cord and I felt my knee go out. I have, you guys, I have, what I have is abnormally large tendons. In her knees. In my knees. (laughs) Which, by the way, when you're a doctor and you say that to a lesbian, she will take it as a compliment. (laughs) My doctor literally said to me, after doing my, fir- my second of two surgeries I've had on my right knee, he said, those are the biggest tendons I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, ha ha! You are fucking kidding me! I knew it! <laughs> I knew it! You should get that on the back of your motorcycle jacket. <laughs> biggest tendons in all of California. Lily, Lil Kimmy, big tendons. <laughs> so sometimes my <laughs> tendons get stuck um, the wrong side of my cartilage, then they start tearing through my cartilage like little knives. Oh my god, that's very painful. So it's happened twice. You in need my... ten thousand spins in there. <laughs> that's right. Dig it out. That's Burr. what I always say. 
Uh, so I've had two surgeries on my right knee, but I felt my left knee go out, and there's really nothing. You just need painkillers and to get an MRI, and then to figure out if you need surgery or just whatever rehab or whatever. You just need to, but you just need painkillers. You cannot. I was supposed to go to the airport. You cannot fly with like torn. Your knee goes weird, and you can't bend it or straighten it. You can't put any weight on it, and you're wiggly, and you just scream and cry. So. I did think to myself, if I could just get to the airport, maybe I'd get on the plane. But then I was like, do they board you if you're like, I'm ready? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're just sobbing with pain? Yeah. I'm... So I called, I've never tried it. I called maybe. Rhea. <laughs> I called Rhea, and then we talked to doctors and stuff. And we made the decision that what I had to do, I didn't know anybody in Oklahoma City. And so what I had to do was like call an ambulance because I couldn't walk. Um, and because I was also on the ninth floor of a hotel. I want you to know that because I did post on social media that, I, that an ambulance had taken me because the EMTs were so nice to me. Um, and then somebody did respond by telling me that this was an improper use of an ambulance mm-hmm. because maybe somebody needed it who was dying and I should have called a ride share. And <laughs> like straight up in some situations, they're not wrong. Like sure. in some situations. But I do think, I'm not sure... I'm not sure that they understand the phone call that would have happened. Yeah, with my Lyft driver. I think they forgot about the nine floors. Where I where they would have been like, I'm outside, and I would have been like, Well, all right, here's what I want you to do. <laughs> I've called your name in at the front desk. You can get a key. You're gonna need to come up to room nine thirty and then carry me to your vehicle. I will be screaming. <laughs> I'm gonna be screaming a lot, but I just will give you five stars. Take exactly. <laughs> do they have six? I'll give you six. <laughs> So I had to call an ambulance, but but also I just want this is a, just an aside, yeah. And it's like too much information. I never talk about this on stage, but I just I'm saying it because I'm so proud of myself. The moment that this happened, I also realized I had to shit at the exact same moment. <laughs> I'm not super famous, but I you know am on. I have an IMDb page, so you can't. Your star meter is going through the roof as we speak. <laughs> you can't shit your pants and then call for an ambulance if you have even a, like, a vaguely recognizable face. I don't think you can. So what I did was I used a chair as a walker and I dragged myself to the bathroom and I somehow got my pants off and I did shit in a toilet. And I just want you to know that I'm so proud of that. <laughs> that was really hard to do. It really hurt a lot. I was sobbing and talking to myself audibly, not unlike those boys with that ring. Yes, yes, you were. I was the same ones, and I was the Frodo. Come on, Mr. Frodo, get to that party. (laughs) (laughs) I might not be able to carry your shit, but I can carry you. I don't know what I mean by that. Um, Wow. I didn't shit my pants. That was amazing. Throw it in. I felt great about it. Throw it in. Do it. What are you waiting for? Throw it in is so funny. (laughs) So then the front... I also told the front desk. I called the front desk to be like, I need an ambulance so that they could call so that there wasn't just an ambulance showing up and they didn't know what was going on. So then the front desk person came up and let herself into my room and then saw what must have been the weirdest scene of a medical emergency... (laughs) that has ever happened in that hotel because I had already packed to leave for the airport. So just packed bags. The room is clean. I'm standing in the center of the room alone, not bleeding. Nothing's wrong with me. Just sobbing. Just... 
alone in a room. What if somebody calls you at the front desk? I don't know. I have a, I'm having a medical emergency. You go up there and it just looks like nothing's wrong. If that was me, I'd be like, this is the cold open to a black mirror, isn't it? <laughs> I am in a cold open to something for sure. So and I was like... Feels like a cold open. <laughs> she was... Which is exactly why I haven't opened my dot or echo that I got for Christmas. Because I was like, this feels like a cold open. Nope, not going to open it. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, Rhea did get both a dot and an echo. So it means <laughs> our house can talk there? to itself. Yeah. <laughs> So then the first thing that you would do to somebody when they're like, ma'am, what seems to be the problem? I was like, it's my knee. I have this. Also, so at this point, I look like I have no credibility. But then what if this is the follow-up answer? Ma'am, what seems to be the problem? I have giant tendons. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, I'm tearing the cartilage in my knee. It's happened before. I just need to go to the hospital. And she was like, ma'am, sit down. And the thing is, you can't bend your knee. Or So I just had to go, I can't! <laughs> just a woman standing alone on one foot. <laughs> I can't! She went like, I'm going to go get the ambulance. And just left. <laughs> so I had to go to the doctor. Oh, you know what? Uh-huh. The, one of the EMTs did recognize me, actually. Look at that. Mm-hmm. From my work in Mother's Day? Mm. Well, excuse me. And also from a, from a voice that I do for a cartoon show called We Bear Bears. So like, what? Who recognizes somebody from a? Who from is a voice? like? He was. I was like on a stretcher, and he went like, "You're Ranger Tapes, right? Ranger Tapes." <laughs> I mean, straight up, you just sounded like Ranger Tapes. <laughs> being the EMT, it was pretty great. It's true. They were those dudes were so nice to me. There is that moment where you're like not sure if you're going to come out to the EMTs that are driving you to <laughs> right. the hospital in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. you know, as if like with this haircut, I could just be like, it was an accident. I am so mad. And my hairstylist. Um, but <laughs> but I was like my wife. And then they were like, oh, awesome. And it was totally fine. and Everything was good. And weirdly, like, I can't even explain the number of people that helped me to get home. Like, uh, you, I went to the emergency room. They took x-rays. Nothing's going to show up on an x-ray. You need an MRI. They gave me painkillers. Also, they gave me fentanyl, which is like that really intense shit. <laughs> um, and then they put me in a leg brace and they gave me crutches. And then they were just like, who's coming to pick you up? And I was like, I don't know anybody here. <laughs> <laughs> so then I did call a lift. And I feel like if you're a lift driver... That goes in like two stages of disappointment with what your fare is about to be. The moment that you realize that that pin was in a hospital emergency room (laughs) when you pull up and then when the person crutches out to your car and clearly has just very recently had a medical emergency with like an open IV thing hanging out of their arm like, just need you to get me. But um, the driver's probably like, well, they're definitely sitting in the back. Thank God. (laughs) He was awesome. He took me to Walgreens. I uh-huh. paid him some extra money, and he waited with me for 25... What? Oh, I just... You, you don't know. want people to think we well, have extra Lyft money? Well, Lyft listens to this podcast, so... <laughs> I'm just... I'm kidding. Well, I mean, I will openly say that I felt like I... I was literally like... It, I never have cash. You know this. I do know this. I never have cash, but I had like $100, which was perfect. So I was gonna be like, can I buy your time? Please don't leave me alone at this Walgreens. <laughs> So he waited with me, and the conversation became immediately like, 
very intense and spiritual where he was like, you're hurt, you're hurt now, but you're relying on other people. That's cool, that's good. You're getting out there. We always, we hold ourselves back and we shouldn't. We should give ourselves a chance to try. And I was like, on fentanyl being like, yes, you know? <laughs> like, I am so open to this right now. Give it, give it, give it, give it. And I literally found out that he is a therapist, like a cl- licensed cl- So maybe our medical system's not that great if you have to also drive um, and be a therapist. But he started like, I mean, he was just giving me the best free life advice. Yeah. I told you, I called you right yeah, after. You sh- yeah, tell the people what he said. This is apropos of nothing. I'm just sitting next to him. And he goes, oh, you did sit in the front. Yeah, I did sit in the front because it was the only place I could fit with my giant leg. Um, uh, he goes, because I had said I had a wife and he, we were not talking about that. And he just goes, you want to stay married? When your partner screws up, you don't be the one that points it out to them. They don't need to know. They already know. You don't say a word. You be the one that doesn't point it out. You pick them back up. That's how you stay married forever. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Meanwhile, that's like great advice. It's great advice. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it actually like kind of couldn't have gone better for the situation <laughs> yeah. that it was. Like, you know, my injury was like five stars. I'm going to say <laughs> five star injury. Just Highly be, recommend. People, people help. Strangers helped me yes. out so much. And it really gave me a different renewed faith in, in all of us. Because like this was, this is a red state. I don't know anybody there. These people don't owe me shit. They maybe owe me not shitting, but not anything else. <laughs> and, um, it was very cool to feel like, you know, protected and held by the universe yeah. and by other people. Mm-hmm. And then we actually had a chance, and this is, I know we're going long, but this is important, to pay it back this mm-hmm. week. Yeah. Because you should say what you did this week. Oh, well, I w- we were getting ready to go to a premiere, so we were both getting dressed up. I was wearing dress pants and my dress shirt, and I had some slippers on because I didn't want to put my dress shoes on just yet. And I just happened to like be standing by the door, and I heard dogs fighting, and I was processing what was going on, and I was like, wait a minute, that sounds really bad. And I said, Cameron, can you hear that? And she was like, yeah, and opened the door, and she was like, Rhea, it's really bad. You got to go out there. And I was like, all right, and grabbed my mag light because, of course, I have a mag light, and I... <laughs> Ran outside in that outfit across the street and saw a pit bull clenched onto a miniature Australian shepherd and a bunch of people yelling. The woman who owned the uh, little dog was screaming and pulling and then the guy who had the pit bull was trying to pull the pit bull off and then a bunch of other dudes screaming. And so I was trying to find water. I pulled a hose and it comically was not connected to anything. And then I (laughs) ran to, I was like, yes, I got it. I'm going to save the day. And then I pulled and it was the end of the hose and I was like shit and I found the neighbor and I was like water we need water and she was like okay and then she was like trying to work the hose I was like come on get the water and she was like I can't figure it out and then she ran inside and filled up a thing and by then the dogs had already pulled apart and uh like the pit bull was just like I was trying to stick my flashlight in the pit bull's mouth and it didn't work I just have to say also it was fucking gnarly it was insane it was insane the dog walkers like hands were getting bitten up it was gnarly that dog's leg was getting shredded gnarly I was my wife in the mix in a suit <laughs> I was like trying to get the flashlight in trying to pull it apart trying to get the water apart then they got them apart and this dude that had like pulled over to try to help was just screaming at everyone telling the people you have to leave get You're him out of here this. And I you said, down that person 
person over there. And I said to the guy, because the pit bulls needed to stay because we had to get information and all of that stuff and no one was thinking clearly. And the guy was like, they got to leave right now. I was like, no, they don't. And he was like, who are you? And I was like, shut the fuck up <laughs> to a white man. <laughs> I said that to his face. Brandon, tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> he just went, you shut the fuck up. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. And he was like, you get the fuck out of here. And I was like, I am not getting the fuck out of here. You get the fuck out of here. And then he just went, fine. <laughs> So I just scared a white man off. Yeah, but the good news is, uh, number one, we do think that the dog is going to be okay because we kept in touch yeah. with the owner. We were, like, giving we got the information. information. Yeah, like, everything. We called so the cops. We think everything's going to be okay for the dog, hopefully. Uh, and then also, like, I still have to get an MRI, so, like, the dog and I are both, like, trying to figure out what's up with yeah, our legs. Yeah, trying to figure it out. <laughs> but I don't feel so bad. Right. And I guess what I'm saying because is, your like, wife sometimes... Because white man to shut the fuck up? Yeah. Right. Sometimes you're in Oklahoma and you need a hero, you know? And sometimes you get home and the hero you needed is right in your own damn house. <laughs> Rhea saved a dog! <laughs> Rhea saved a dog's oh, life! And then we went to the premiere of Two Dope Queens. So tune in this Friday to Two Dope Queens. I will be on that television show. Rhea's going to be on Two Dope Queens. Yeah, yeah. Stand-up comedy on HBO. Well, sweetie, um, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Very personal. That was too personal. <laughs> well, stranger. <laughs> Let's get this show started. We should get this show started. One, ro- one more round of applause for Rhea. Thank you. Ooh, you know what? This first comic is somebody we both know from Chicago, lives in New York now, but it's always nice when somebody is like a person we have He's roots here with. Now. Oh, he lives here now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Well... Wow, let me tell you this guy's story. He lived in Chicago, then New York, and now he's here. here. Um, So So. that's just a little bit about his trajectory in the last, you know, five to ten years as a comic, just in case you were wondering. Sometimes you watch a comic, you could go, which cities have they lived in, though? (laughs) Should have comedian baseball cards with all those stats on the back. (laughs) A little bit of gum, you know. So please keep it going for our friend, Mr. Will Miles. Give it up for Will. Give it up for Cameron and Rhea, everybody. I'd be so fucking scared if I saw that dog situation. I wouldn't have done shit. Um, <laughs> feel bad about it, but I'd, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have done anything. Uh, I was just back home. I, those, every fact about my life was correct. <laughs> those are three very d- different cities I lived in. That's true. I live here now. It's nice. That's why I'm wearing this jacket, because I feel like that's what you guys do. Uh, <laughs> It's like, I'm going to wear a cool jacket. I have breasts, so I want to cover them up anyway, but <laughs> this feels like a good reason. <laughs> I was back home in Chicago, though, recently. I had to go home it was, uh, for a reason that I'm not going to tell you guys. But, uh, <laughs> but I was back home, and I, uh, I, I knew I was home because I got home, I turned on the news, and they had tried to rob a 91-year-old black woman on, like, on the south side somewhere, and it's fucked up. That's a fucked up story. But then they cut to her on the news, and she just said, Motherfucker tried to rob me. <laughs> and I was like, nice, all right, good, I like this. I'm back home. She was like, but I had to whoop his ass. <laughs> I was like, nice, that's Chicago for you. <laughs> I've been on the road a lot, so it is nice to be settled in a place for a little bit. I was in Boise, Idaho, 
and then I went to Atlanta, Georgia. Those are two very different cities. One of those cities has a ton of black people. And the other one had me for two nights, so... A little bit different. Uh, Boise was fun, though. I, did, I went to Boise, and I did see one other black person. He was my Uber driver. And I got in the Uber, I saw he was black, and I got excited, and I did the thing. We do a lot of times when you see someone like you in a place where there's not a lot of people like you, and I went, hey, what up, man? I'm like, yeah, good, good, good shit, good to see you. Hopped in, I went, hey, man, good to see us out here. And he turned around and went, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> that was supposed to go a different way. But then he got weirded because he was like, where are you from? I was like, well, I'm from Chicago. I live in New York. And he was like, ah, New York. Capital of New York, Sacramento. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what do they do to you out here, man? What's going on? Is this a get out situation right now? <laughs> do I have to leave? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I moved for writing. I like, I'm writing on a show out here, and I, uh, I've been writing before. Basically, all that means is you get high, and uh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> that's it. You get high and think of weird shit, but that's, uh, <laughs> it's fun. I, like, I enjoy that a lot, and I get to come up with like, cool shit and see news stories that I like. My favorite news story I ever saw since I started is uh, I saw that Russian hackers have been pretending to be black teens online. And that's a new story you read and you're like, hell yes. Because there's no way they're going to be good at that. So I couldn't wait to find out what they had to try out, you know? So I went to a GOP senator's post and it was something about healthcare. And I was like, good, I'm going to get lucky here. This is great. And I looked and I looked right underneath and the first comment was a black teen with a backwards cap. And I saw that backwards cap and I was like, huh, we don't really do that anymore. <laughs> I don't trust this. Then I looked at what he wrote and he wrote, we got to trust 45... The 1% know how to stay rich. We should just trust them with our health care. MAGA. And I'm not saying black teens don't talk like that. <laughs> but black teens don't talk like that. <laughs> so I saw that and I looked right underneath and the first comment right underneath that was somebody else who just wrote, man, that nigga up there is a Russian. <laughs> I saw that, I was like, confirmed, all right thought that too. Also, that should be the tagline for the show The Americans. Because <laughs> that is exactly what I say when I watch it. That nigga's a Russian too. Oh. <laughs> Law and order should be that second nigga might have done it. Uh, <laughs> not the first nigga. Uh, <laughs> then I went to another part of Twitter. I went to Black Twitter. Same website. <laughs> Different place completely though. And I went to a Twitter account called Black Sports Online. If you've ever been there, they tweet very little about sports. And I went over there and I saw a tweet with a picture that just said, Safari Samuels gets in fight with Meek Mill outside BET Awards after party. Objectively, a sentence you'd only see on black Twitter based on every word in that sentence, especially BET. So <laughs> I saw that and I looked underneath that and the first comment underneath that was a black teen with a forwards cap. So I was like, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> and then I looked at what he wrote and he wrote, that nigga got those pants at H&M. And I saw that and I was like, okay, now that's a real black team. <laughs> that's something that's been said about me on the train before. <laughs> it's pretty accurate. Uh, <laughs> one thing I miss about New York is I really love trains, so I, I don't have to, I don't get to see trains as much. I really enjoy them. I know that sounds a little bit um, spectrum but it's not really off the table for me anyway. I haven't made eye contact with one person here. Uh, <laughs> I was at my last job voted most likely to be on the spectrum which feels like an HR nightmare. <laughs> I think it's just because I love trains and know everyone's birthday. Uh, 
But I do love trains. They're so much fun because you get to just ride them and everything. Whatever. Maybe I am. But uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I was on there and I, I, I do this thing when I'm in public and I'm like walking past people sitting down and it happens on the train all the time where you're looking down and I'll read someone's personal text messages on their phones. We all do it, right? I'm sure you can't escape it because some days you're like, what am I doing today? I don't know, but what are you doing today? <laughs> and then just look them in the eye and be like, no, I'm reading your text messages, yeah. Just checking up on you. Uh, so I was doing that one day and I looked and I happened to see like accidentally that someone was crazy because I looked down and I saw that this woman was texting the contact me in her phone. And I saw that, I was like, oh shit, maybe that's a cool way to spell May. Let me look again. I looked again. The blue was the white. The white was the blue. She was definitely texting herself. And then she would laugh out loud. So she would text herself and then go, ha, 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 ha. And it happened a lot. Like, every stop, I watched her just text herself and go, oh, that's so funny. And to the point where, like, people were coming on the train to try to sit next to her, and I would just look them in the eyes and go, mm, mm. Just go around. Please just trust me on this. So then I looked at what she was writing, and she was texting herself, uno para ti, uno para mi, over and over again and then cracking up. And that roughly translates to one for you, one for me. And it was all for her, so <laughs> not sure what she was doing. So then she gets off, and I sit down in her seat, and I'm writing down everything I'm telling you right now on my phone, because I was like, that might be funny later. Let me write it down. Then I held it out, and I went, ha, 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 ha. Oh, no. I'm as crazy as she is. <laughs> all right, you guys have been fun. Thanks. One last Peace. podcast with Julia Rossi who was just on the show so check that out it's called I hope we don't break up it's a great show we're gonna keep this great show right on rolling this next comic is a friend of the show and she also has a great show in Los Angeles called gentrification and it's their anniversary this month I think so check that out and please give a warm welcome to Danielle Perez <laughs> here tonight. This is a fun time. Are we having a fun time? Yeah. Hell yeah. It's 2018. I'm very happy to be here debuting my new look, which is aggressively fat, yet still very judgy. <laughs> yes. It's like I have the body of a woman who looks like she cannot control herself, but the well-executed eyebrow of one who definitely can. <laughs> I'm a fat bitch, okay? I'm thick. Two C's like a milkshake. <laughs> Pretty sweet, I'm sweet, so sweet. Uh, people like to ask me if I have diabetes. Very rude. I think that's personally very offensive, it's very rude, because I don't have diabetes, you know? I was just hit by a train. You guys gotta get on board, you gotta get on board. Right, this train is leaving, I'm footloose and fancy free. Now I'm in a wheelchair, but I'm very independent, okay? She don't need no man, right? Unless there are three flights of stairs. <laughs> then I very much would appreciate your help. <laughs> I think the really, the, the most difficult thing about being disabled and being in a wheelchair is when I'm out in public and there's another person in a wheelchair because I never know if I'm supposed to make eye contact with them. <laughs> I'm always scared they're gonna try to engage in some secret handshake that I'm not gonna know, some sort of cerebral palsy kind of crip gang sign. Uh, this crip don't walk. <laughs> 
not familiar with. I'm scared they're going to ask me where the meetings are. Again, not part of that sect. (laughs) Unfamiliar. I think a lot of that really stems from the fact that I always think they're the better person in a wheelchair. You know, like they're the one that's overcoming all the odds and all the obstacles. Like they're probably on some hip-hop wheelchair dance troupe (laughs) and play murder ball. (laughs) I do not do any of that, okay? I am very comfortable hitting up my friends for pushes down the street. You don't get to be this size because you're brave. I don't even wear those little fingerless hand gloves that you're supposed to because they grip onto things. Who wants to look like a loser? (laughs) I'd rather struggle and look pretty. I think me not wearing those little fingerless hand gloves is like the closest I'll ever get to wearing stilettos. Just like slowly struggling up just like the slightest incline while the patriarchy just weighs down on me. I love being a woman. I think more than diabetes, I very much enjoy when people ask if I'm a veteran. Um, Cause like, I wanna know like, what about this blowout and like glitter gel manicure makes you think I'm good at taking orders. It's like, what about this general vibe says, manual labor, get her to do it. Or even like that I'd be willing to die for my country. I tried to kill myself once. It like did not work. Why would I do it for America? Every time like someone asks if I'm a veteran, I always want to know what branch of the military they think I served in. And I always hope that it's the Navy. Because then that means I'm part of the nigga Navy, which we all know Rihanna is captain of. <laughs> Some people are like, is she allowed to say that word? <laughs> Truly, I don't know. Um, I, just, I am Latina, black Tina if you're insufferable. Uh, white people are very comfortable um, with their casual racism around me. Um, but like, I'm Dominican. So growing up in Los Angeles, I don't know if you're familiar with like the world (laughs) as a concept (laughs) but uh, imagine a globe if you will Um, the Dominican Republic not Los Angeles (laughs) so growing up here I was asked a lot are you black and Mexican and I I always felt like such a disappointment because I've never seen roots or blood in blood out you know Growing up, I, I just like never fit in with like the Chicana, like Central American girls in my neighborhood. And like they regarded me with suspicion, like I was some sort of like dark skinned Christopher Columbus <laughs> trying to infiltrate and steal their herbs and spices. But now that I'm older, it's like, oh, I'm just a Yolanda in a sea of Selenas. <laughs> and they're terrified I'm going to shoot their national treasure. <laughs> I love trash, so I date men. Who's with me? Who else else likes to go dumpster diving? That's what I call it when I go down on them. I'm like a raccoon, just mixed race, adorable, and covered in garbage juice all the time. Always in it. Yes. That's why I do online dating, because like, I want to receive kind and thoughtful messages from emotionally available men. Right? Like, go where there's water, and I'm thirsty. 
I'm single now, but I wasn't always single. I used to, uh, I used to date like a really cool guy. You know those kind of cool guys wear cargo shorts, live with their grandmas. You know that kind of cool guy. Pretty fucking cool. His favorite restaurant was Denny's. That was hard for me, right? Because I go to Denny's for the privacy, but I go to IHOP to be seen. That just wasn't gonna work. Was it meant to be? I think though the thing that really like put an end to the relationship was when I got pregnant. That was really hard because I was also saving up for an iPad at the time. An iPad 3 with Retina display. Very high-end product at the time. Uninterested in my free gift of purchase. I made the right choice for me. I had the abortion. It was super chill. It was like very chill. A lot of people don't believe me when I say that it was chill. But like afterwards, they swallowed me in a blanket. They gave me a little juice box with crackers. I was like, oh my God. I'm being treated like the child I'm never going to give birth to. (laughs) So peaceful and quiet. Just like a spa day, just like a deep exfoliation treatment in one specific area. I think the best part about having an abortion, though, was just like finally being able to pick where we had dinner that night. (laughs) I won just once. uh, And I picked Popeyes. (laughs) Not even because I love fried chicken, just because he was white and hated spice. You definitely, like, don't walk away or roll away from something like that um, without, like, really taking in some lessons. For me, I learned that the rhythm method is very similar to Russian roulette, as they are both very fun activities to engage in until someone has to die. Mm -hmm. You know? Knowledge is power, okay? I also learned how to hurt an entitled white guy's feelings. You guys want to know? It's very easy. You just be a Hispanic woman and tell him no. (laughs) It works every single time. Uh, If you are offended, truly, by like anything I've said tonight, I just really want to take this moment to let you guys know that coconut is my favorite flavor of LaCroix because I am not afraid to be the villain. (laughs) I've been Danielle Perez. Thank you guys so much. That coconut LaCroix joke. I'm jealous of that joke. (laughs) How do you find a joke that can make anything before it work? (laughs) Danielle is great. One more time for Danielle Press. Oh, friends. Hello. Yes, we've got so much. It's such a fun. How are you doing? Are you good? Yes. Did you have a good day? What did you do? What do you do? I'm a writer. Yep. For, for yourself? For somebody else? Uh, for Go Magazine. For Go Magazine. Those are lesbians, yeah? Yes. All right. <laughs> Don't mind if you do. <laughs> what did you write about today? Uh, Audrey Lord. Great. Ooh. Thanks for... Yeah, that's perfect. Awesome. Well, I've got nothing to add to your life. <laughs> Which you're living perfectly. <laughs> and you look cool and your outfit's good. And I like that you have like kind of a different hat going with a different hat. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm getting away with it all, you know? And <laughs> so just congratulations to this person. Am I right? <laughs> we have a very fun friend up next. Uh, you know what? This person has a great show on Hulu. 
uh, they're just one of my faves. I just really like this person so much, and you're going to be so happy to see them. Let's hear it right now for Sarah Silverman. Give it up for Sarah. Um, first of all, yeah, that was really fun. I like this. I really love that new bit. I'm not going to say what it is. I'm just going to tell you on Wait, the podcast. what is it? Because I'm curious. I know that, that last thing that you did was amazing. Oh, yeah. The abortion bit is amazing. Thank you. I yeah. was excited about it. It's really good. Look, we're recording a podcast. Oh, sorry. Shit, my No, it's just everybody. Um, I just wanted to... Hey, Sarah Silverman. I just wanted to ask you about your show that you're working so hard on and that 10 episodes are out. How can people watch it? See, it's called I Love You, America. It's on Hulu. We've got the first 10 episodes out. We're going to start making more. And, uh, yeah, I like it. It's my cup of tea. It's everything I want it to be. So I don't know if it will be your cup of tea, but it is mine. (laughs) It's also, like, not... It's a different thing from what you've done in the past, like, in terms of television stuff, but more in line with, like, the personal work that I feel like you've been doing the last couple of years. It's, uh... I base it on the tenets of Mr. Rogers love and you there isn't anyone in the world who could who is qualified to be you <laughs> and uh, there yeah. isn't anyone you couldn't love once you've heard their story but also it's anything smart or heady or with anything to say is served in a very bready aggressively stupid silly sandwich because mm. that's the, definitely the most important is to be funny but it's also just about like connecting with unlike-minded people, which is, um, um, can be challenging, but I don't know. I've learned so much doing this first season. You know, I just, in terms of, I'm changed with every interview I do. And the interview is just one part of the show, but I mean, Father Greg Boyle, what did he say? If you don't make friends with your wounds, you will be tempted to despise the wounded. That's a huge one. Whoa. And Christian Picciolini, who was a Nazi, skinhead, um, and now helps people leave extremism and hate groups. Um, He said, find someone who doesn't deserve your compassion and give it to them, because that's what happened to him. Wow. And just every week, I'm just like, my mind is blown, and I'm changed. Amazing. Seems like legitimately amazing to have those conversations with people face to face. All these things are simple. Like, all the big answers, this is what I'm learning, are are simple, you know? You don't hear the Dalai Lama or Gandhi use big, fancy words. It's not about that. It's just like, the answer's always just real simple. And I know I'm not being funny talking about it, but I've learned so much making the show, like... Like that facts and polls don't change people's mind. They just don't. People tend to dig in deeper to their beliefs, even if you're telling them the sky is blue and they go, no, it's red. Yeah. And I'm going to dig in deeper that I believe it's red because my whole life is is a house of cards on that uh, based on those sky being red. So that doesn't matter. That doesn't change people's mind. The only thing that changes people are feelings, because that's what all we're made up of is feelings. So to me, meeting someone who I fundamentally disagree with, who, and they fundamentally disagree with me, I have no desire in going, this fact, this fact, this fact. We're all yelling in echo chambers on Twitter and this. We're not changing anybody's mind. But if you go, you watch Walking Dead? Oh, my God. 
I used to hate Carol. Now she's my world. She's so badass. <laughs> yeah, totally. And now they're both of our porcupine needles are down, and we can really talk. And that's all that has to happen. The the powers that be, the oligarchs, the wealth addicts, the 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 man who is in charge of this world right now and killing our democracy need us to be divided. But the truth is we really, the people, the actual people, are not different. There are fundamental differences yeah. like, um, you know, abortion, if you believe that's uh, murder, or if you, you know, anyway, there are differences, but we are fundamentally the same. Yeah, and I mean, everything you just said is the reason that I started doing stand-up comedy. Because when you're a gay person, and it's 15 years ago, and like people want to kill you, and you can't get married anywhere. I mean, people still kind of want to kill you. Uh, yeah, I just felt like it was the safest thing to do was to be like. And you made them laugh, and you made them go, "Oh, yeah. you're just like me. You're yeah, just exactly. a person." That's like the whole point. It's the whole point of the job. Well, I love that. This yeah. was. I feel uplifted by this time. I know. I'm sorry, I just like talked for like. A no, solid I feel time. fucking good. Dude. <laughs> Thank you. Sarah Silverman, let her hear it. That was really great. Great. We're going to keep the show going. We have two more comics left, right? You excited? I'm very excited about them because first up, our first second comic, that doesn't make any sense. Our next comedian has not been on the show before. This is their first time on the show. So you all know what we do when it's somebody's first time on the show, right? We give them a huge, warm welcome, right? So let's get it started right now. Keep it going for the first time. Samson, you're new to Los Angeles. Thanks for doing the show for the first time. People should go see you live. So you're new to Los Angeles. What are you working on these days? I'm working on everything. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm a black gay man, and so uh-huh. I would like to see more of our stories through comedy, through drama. Hey, me too. Hey. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I want to see more stories. I'm not a black gay man. You understand. Well, we're going to adopt you. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there was Moonlight, and I thought yes. that, that was great, but I mean, yeah. there has never been like a black gay comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I would I, like yeah. for that to happen. Totally. And, um, um, so just a lot of writing and just hitting the scene here. Yeah, that's and great. Really, you know, uh, this is 17 years I've been doing comedy. Hell so yeah. just really getting back in there and getting back to the yeah. roots of comedy again. That's awesome. And where should people uh, check you out? Uh, to be safe, because you yeah. never know where I'm going to be. Sure, of course. Uh, SamsonComedy.com, S-A-M-P-S-O-N-Comedy.com, and Instagram, uh, Mr. Samson, M-I-S-T-E-R-S-A-M-P-S-O-N. Perfect. And you're on Twitter, too. Yes, uh, official S-A-M-P-S-O-N, but it's not so interesting. I just retweet people. I mean, I like it. I followed. That's how I found you, and now we're friends. So. See? See? It works. Follow people on Twitter. It works. Samson, thanks so much for doing the show. Can't wait to have you back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, keep it going for Samson, you guys. Oh. This has been so fun so far, right? Yeah. I've been... <laughs> Who is that? Was that you? Third row. Third row. Who, who was it that said that? You're in the third row. Yes, you are. You were like, third row, I'll guide you. It was behind me. <laughs> How are you doing, third row? Um, great. Yeah? Over here, this is great. That's, yes! 
know. I feel like we're all having like a really genuinely. I don't know. I just had a I had a great talk with Sarah uh, backstage for the podcast. Everything's coming up. Everything's coming up. Videos. You know, it's a good day. Um, Sarah Roberts. You know what? We have one final comic on the show. I just hit myself in the mouth. That is always very awkward. I don't know if you can see it, but it never looks cool um, when you bop yourself in the mu- in the mouth with a mic. You don't ever look like you're in command, but I am in command, so it's very weird for you to see that. For me, especially, you're like, whoa, she's in charge. Um, <laughs> all right, so we got one final comic on the show, and boy, is this person just so just so so good at stand-up comedy that is actually like and i really mean that there are some comics that it's like stage presence or joke writing this person is just so good at stand-up comedy i really love uh their act so let's hear it right now for deborah dg bounty give it up for deborah hello hello i'm deborah dg human woman it's very nice to see you Uh, Hi. Before we get started, I'm going to say it right away. I also hate my top. Um, What am I... What am I wearing? Uh, Is it a pillowcase? Nobody's sure. It had a neck hole. I put it on. Do you know what I mean? This is my life. I'm not a proud woman. Uh, uh, Okay. I took a lift here. I'm very successful. I took a lift. And... I never, I never tell the truth when I get into a Lyft or an Uber. I'm jazzed to lie. Are you with me on this? I order the car and I'm like, who am I gonna be? I'm fucking excited as hell. I'm like, making up backstories. Oh, I'm very excited. But this happened. I told the truth to my driver and that's, that's terrible uh, because he was a, a very handsome man and I couldn't stop myself. And here's the thing. You never tell a Lyft driver that you're a comedian. That's an amateur move right there. You never, because it's just a terrible, and I told him. I was a mistake. I was like, I'm a comedian. I think he mesmerized me with his eyes, to be honest. He might have been a vampire. I'm not totally sure. But I was uh, I'm a comedian. And then he did the thing that all comedians on this planet hate. He was like, oh, you're a comedian? <laughs> People tell me I could be a comedian. <laughs> I was like, really? Pull this car over. This ride is over. Do you know what I mean? One star, Jeffrey. And then he starts talking to me. And he's a bit of a dud, bless his handsome heart. And he's asking me questions. He's like, what kind of comedian are you? I'm like, I don't know, good? Like, what do you want? What's the answer? What are you looking for? Are you dirty? He asks me. I'm like, of course I'm dirty. I'm a grown woman. How dirty are you? He says, I'm like, what do you want, Jeff? One to ten? What are you looking for? And this is what he says to me. He's like, no, no, no. Are you like shit on my chest dirty? (laughs) It was 9.30 in the morning. It was 9.30 in the morning. That's a PM question. Am I wrong on that one? That is 12.15, shit on my chest? Why don't you? you know I mean? But I'm not going to lie. Back to five stars, though. That was back to five stars. From dud to stud. Jeffrey! <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I called the police, and I hope he's dead. I really do. I hope he's dead. Uh-huh. All right, I was just in Canada, uh, the land of freedom, and uh, rain. Oh, fuck, I miss rain. Oh, my God. You know why I miss rain? Because you can cry outside. Are you with me? Whoa, if you're not, have you not cried outside? You are missing out on life. Are you joking? It's so efficient. Have a little weep, get your errands done. You know what I'm talking about? Wow, it's an 80s music video. You feel so alive. <laughs> oh, God, I hurt my neck. But anyway, I did. I just, right there. Here's something that I'm going to tell you. I went for a walk the other day because I am a champion and I went for a walk the other day 
and I got cat called. I got cat called, and I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> it was real cats, though. It was real cats. Deborah was like, "Oh, guys, you played for a bit." Oh, it's fun. They're not stupid cats. They're not stupid. They know I'm the leader. They can tell. They're like, "There's." Let's follow the big one. She's covered with crumbs. Do you know what I'm saying? They're not dumb. But I'll say this to you. Now, I know that we have a trouble in our world right now, women being harassed on the streets. I don't want that. I want everyone to feel safe and equal every minute of your life. But listen to your Auntie Deborah when I tell you this right now. The day that catcalling ends, <laughs> that's a cold fucking day. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you walk by a group of men and it's silent, <laughs> it hurts your heart. It really does. I'm not like, I would do anything to be demeaned right now. Do you know what I mean? Someone make me feel less than. You know, that's a, I just want this. I just want this. Is he following me? <laughs> oh, fuck you people. Fear is hot. Don't lie to me. It is. It gets your blood up. Is he going to chase me? I don't want you to run. Oh, stop. Okay. All right. That was... That was, uh, this isn't my joke book. This is my journal. Why am I reading this? <laughs> it's weird. Here's something I'll tell you. Uh, I find barbershops very erotic. Are you with me? A lot of man-on-man action. A lot of blowing on necks. You know what I mean? A lot of hot foam. You know what I mean? Hot foam! <laughs> that is, that is something I was thinking about. I'll say this to you. Right now, uh, I'm glad that the children have changed uh, the word horny uh, to the word thirsty. I like that better. Do you know what I mean? Thank you, millennials. I enjoy that. I really do. I've got to tell I like thirsty because I'm not going to lie to you, everyone. <laughs> I could use a drink. I could really use a drink. <laughs> I'm parched over here. You know what I mean? Showing signs of dehydration. <laughs> you know? The other day, I saw a dude in a skateboard. My veins collapsed. <laughs> that is because that's, that's a symptom of dehydration. I'm practically a doctor. I'm almost a doctor. <laughs> Oh, God. Hey, you know what my favorite uh, genre of porn is, since you asked? Um, uh, stepson. <laughs> it, gets, it feels hopeful. <laughs> I, could, I, could marry your, I could marry this old man here. Fuck his child. Do you understand what I said? Son, though, above the age of 21. You don't know what I'm... He didn't like that joke at all, though. That man, did you see that? Look at that face. That's a mad face. Am I right? Ugh, whatever. Here's something. Ah. Uh, I have an abnormal amount of magicians that hit on me. And uh, it's not a joke, that's a true fact. That's just a true fact. I don't know how to make it funny, except it's just painful, isn't it, right there? I think they want to make me disappear. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> He's probably a magician. He's probably thinking of ways to talk to me. Here's something I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, I have a very old neighbor across the hall, Kazuko, and she's 87. And sometimes she knocks on my door and asks me to open a jar for her. That's what she does. She uh, just knocks on her, hands me a jar. Silent. We do this in silence. And uh, I open the jar, and then she takes it and goes back to her apartment. And I gotta t- she makes me feel like I'm in a, a marriage, like I'm the husband in a bad marriage. Do you know what I'm saying? I gotta, and I will take it. I will take it. I'm not going to lie to you. His wife is talking to him. They're very mad at me. Anyway, uh, the side. Okay, I cat sat. I cat sat the other uh, couple months ago. I was sitting for a friend who was like, will you look after my cat? And I was like, yes, I will. And I was with the cat for like a week. And every night I went to do comedy and I felt bad for the cat because I feel like the cat was like, where are you? And I had that moment. I was like, oh, you know what? And then I wondered what the cat was doing when I was leaving. Do you know what I mean? And then I had those moments. I was like, what if he's doing comedy? Do you know what I mean? What if he's at home? <laughs> what if he's all at home? And he's all like, what's the deal with all the crying? <laughs> you know what I mean? He should update his jokes. Anyway, guys. <laughs> God bless you. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much. Good night. Deborah DiDiva! 
just a racist caricature of my own people. <laughs> Friends, that was our show. Uh, we are here every Tuesday. You were going to say, that's Cameron Esposito. That's how we do it. Sorry, we, we're using one mic. That's Cameron Esposito. That's Rhea Butcher. Have a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Jesus! I mean, Jazos! (laughs) Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.